Welcome to the Boulder Bassoon Quartet Podcast. Today we are going to continue a conversation that we started last week with Dr. Rika Narimoto. My name is Brian. I'm Kent. I'm Ethan. I'm Michael. And we have our special guest. Uh, my name is Rika. Yay! <laughs> and here to help is also Kaudi Uno. Hey! Bassoonist extraordinaire. What led you to uh, add something about Ichibushi into your own compositions? Why? Yeah, why did you start to huh. find a way to put Ichibushi into your huh. own compositions? Oh. When I started to learn about Ichibushi with Miyago Ichu 12s, I felt this... Uh, the structure of this music is very interesting, and I tried to uh, make a oh, musical music. score yeah. by Western style notation. But it is, it was impossible, because mm. uh, as you listen, there are many microphones, and there is no upbeat and downbeat, and that. She thought because it's impossible to describe, she thought, oh my gosh, it's fun. Because you can't describe. I decided to use these materials to do my composition. Because of it, you can't write the music. That is a really interesting concept of it. And I apply her music. Okay, so it sounded like you were very intrigued by Ichibushi. Uh, and you wanted to write it down to figure out a little bit more about it, but it, you can't write that music down the same way you would with Bach or Beethoven or something. So, is that when you developed the trace method? So, 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 so. So, so, so. So, so, because of what you can't notate in Western style, that's why she developed those tracing, those graphic notation. So this doesn't work so well for an audio recording, but we have this graph that Rika made, and along the x-axis is time, and then we've got three different rows, uh, one representing the voice, one representing the shamisen, and the other representing the Japanese flute. And so it's just a very, uh, a fairly simple and straightforward graph of, over time, the pitch, uh, per instrument, and it goes up and bends down, and then it creates, it almost looks like a medical chart, yep. or uh, maybe like a, a Richter... Like an, yeah, Richter scale. Richter scale. Seismograph. There you go, seismograph. Oh, is it the heartbeat one? Seismograph measures earthquakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's okay. the needle that goes like this. Yeah, right, right. Can we put that on the website? Yeah, we could do that. So that is the notation that the performers get. Is that what they're looking at when they perform it? No. No. Okay. So I've seen, I've seen things, man. <laughs> uh, wow. The original graph uh, describes the whole piece, and it's kind of long, isn't it? How long is that thing? Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. So Rika has used that for eight different pieces. Seven. Seven different pieces. So Rika has you have done the drawing to approximate to describe the music. Yeah, one drawing, and then use that graph for seven different compositions that she made. Okay. Oh, okay. I got you. So when I made that, that graphic, I didn't have any idea for my composition. 
Here's the beginning of trace number three written for solo bassoon, and this is based loosely on the graph that was made of Michi Huchi Bushi Bu, what's it called? Something Shosho? Komachi Shosho Michi Yuki. Yeah. Komachi. Komachi Shosho Michi Yuki. Komachi is girl's name. Oh. Shosho is the.
Yeah, that was interesting because you could watch the graph, and it wasn't it wasn't the same thing as the what did you call the string instrument that was playing the that one yeah but you could definitely see it's mm -hmm. the same idea that's it was interesting to see that. Okay, so this is trace five for solo violin. similar with why because I know the music is similar yeah. it's completely different because the capability mm -hmm. of each instrument is different you know mm -hmm. and then she picked the really different notes too so mm -hmm. in general follow the line but yeah cool. so there are seven of these do you have a favorite no pressure to choose that's <laughs> fine <laughs> so I I like the first one twist zero <laughs> And that's, so that's for the, the, viola and cello? Yes. Hmm. Do you ever play these for um, Ichibushi Master? Yeah, Ichi Miyako Ichu 12th. Miyako Ichu the 12th. Do you ever, has he heard this? No. Oh, you should tell him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she has no reason, but I didn't, I didn't even tell him about that. Yeah, he might be interested. This episode of the Boulder Bassoon Quartet podcast is brought to you by Forest's Music. Just about everything you could possibly need to play a double reed instrument is available at forestsmusic.com, including From the Opposite Shore, the first album by the Boulder Bassoon Quartet, forestsmusic.com. Can we take one from the phone lines? You got a question? Yeah, one of our dedicated listeners oh, dedicated. <laughs> has asked, listener. where is your favorite place to visit to perform, or I guess to have your compositions performed? Why? Well, first let's talk about all the different places you have been. 
Rika's music has been played across the world. And Rika, you yourself, you've traveled to America. America. Colorado and New York. And San Diego. Ukraine. Ukraine. Austria. 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 Germany. Bunch of Germany. You said Budapest. Budapest. Belgium. Netherlands. Italy. Italy. And not me. My work went to Egypt. Egypt. And wow. Finland. Finland? Finland, yeah. So a little bit more extensive in the traveling than us. <laughs> We've made it from Boulder to Estes Park. <laughs> Ta-da! from Boulder to Estes Park. The question is, which of those is your favorite place to have your work played? Right. My favorite place is New York. So like in 2012, and one of the, her friends play her, her work and called the catalog and that's for the accordion piece. Accordion. And she listened she went, you know, back to New York to listen her con her Hi. her concert in New York. It was fantastic. That's her favorite venue and accordion place. performance in New York. Mm -hmm. All right. And that was not based on Ichibushi. Catalog Ichibushi and Teorori music. So, oh, so okay. So Ichibushi is one of right the big genre of traditional yes, Japanese. Yes. So we've got <laughs> this is quite a mix. This is great. Traditional Japanese music, mm -hmm. modern composition yeah. on the accordion yes. in New York City. Yep. Of course, that's great. That, that is great. that is interesting. What was the venue? Where in New York was this? Scandinavian house. Huh? So I get the society of a Scandinavian people have some like a special building or something huh. so they could uh, there is one concert hall in that, in that yeah. building inside of the grand so scandinavian so. society, society building <laughs> concert hall wow. in new york, <laughs> york yeah. played play the, the japanese improvisation oh my god it's the most worldly thing i've ever heard of <laughs> 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 the ah the accordion player is japanese hmm. oh, okay the concert is produced by a Japanese composer living in New York. And she asked me to compose and she asked her to play accordion. Mm -hmm. The accordion player is living in Japan. So she went to New York also. Yeah, to wow. Cool. Interesting. How come you guys aren't getting us gigs like that? We're going to play in a Scandinavian <laughs> hall and yeah, some major city. I'll work on that. <laughs> She liked that New York, you know, experience, but the best performance, best audience, and like the best atmosphere and everything was Netherlands concert. Oh, cool. That festival is Gaudium's Music Week. Very famous contemporary music festival. Oh. What was the audience like? Why was it different? Maybe they all audience like contemporary music. Mm. Ah, so I guess she said because of it, people know content, how to enjoy the contemporary mm -hmm. music, there is no question around <laughs> everybody's head. Correct. Yeah. Oh, right. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. There is no, nothing audience like that. It's just into it. The audience huh. was into it. Yeah. That always makes a big difference. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've got a question for both you composers. What's it like to have somebody, somebody you don't know, play your music? How are we supposed to react, or what's our expectation? Or does the performance meet uh, what you expected it to sound like? Uh, 
and what's it like when they do things differently, mm -hmm. especially if they do things differently on purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, she said, no changing whatsoever. I don't so you like want it. them to play it exactly how you wrote so, it. Or before the performance, if player uh, asked, uh, me, asked, asked me or would you care to share? <laughs> <laughs> of course. So what she said is like if they ask her, you know, like those limitations, sometimes people can't do the fret of time. Mm -hmm. And I ask them like generally, well, because I can't, even I try it, I can't do it. Or this high note, it's too high. If I practice so hard, can you make it something accessible? And she will understand that and change you some notes. But unless that, as she, yeah. yeah, if it's like somebody like, you know, changing just themselves and their decision, she hates it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. Okay. So practical changes, not artistic mm -hmm. no. yeah, 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 change yeah. interpretation. Oh, that's uh -huh. interesting. Huh. What about you, Kent? Well, I don't have a whole lot of experience with other people playing my stuff. Um, and the one time that people have done that, it's been with the middle movement of the suite that I wrote, so-so. Uh, the first time was when Mike went to uh, back to his alma mater in Tennessee and played it with the quartet there. And I think So So has a lot more, uh, there's a lot more opportunity for interpretation, you know, some of the opening solos. Especially with time? Yeah, you know, Brian's got the solo at the end, you know, how how he times, it's, there's, there's a lot of rubato opportunity. Uh, he times the grace notes differently than some of the other performances I've heard, uh, the other performance I heard. So that's one thing I noticed. I like I like when people take that where, where there's room for it. I just got another recording from a group who actually performed that middle movement in Japan. He got in touch with me through my blog, and so he sent me a recording of them doing so-so. And it's cool. It's really neat to think of someone uh, across other all the way in Japan playing my stuff. It's really neat. The one thing I, I noticed with them is they were very, very strict with the tempo. <laughs> which, um, I'm sorry, I guess <laughs> I gotta have to laugh that because of this. That's the our sucked in culture. It's like okay. always done right, this. Right. Can't do like it. There's upbeat, you know, like uh -huh. kind of loose feeling. Yeah. So if you think about it, it's just like. Could interesting. So it's interesting yeah. to hear that from a cultural point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, ironically, you know, the outer movements of that suite are supposed to be metronomic. Right. Uh, the middle movement is actually designed to be a little more uh, right. push and pull with uh -huh. a, yeah, just. So it was interesting to hear what what apparently what you're saying is a cultural influence. Uh, where everything is very strict. Um, you know, I find that fascinating to hear people's different uh, takes on it, and especially like you're saying where there's a cultural reason for it. Um, but mm -hmm. that is my vast experience with other people playing my music. <laughs> <laughs> and So-So is now available as its own separate piece of music at Trevco Music, right? That is correct, yep. TrevcoMusicPublishing.com? Yes, exactly. Th this is the movement that everybody seems to be playing Everybody, you know, can play both. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> there is yes. an issue with the outer yeah. movements, which I have heard feedback about. <laughs> yeah. I, from whom? Who yeah. would have told me? Everybody sitting at this table. Yeah. Uh, I heard this recording that was sent to Kent recently. This recording from Japan, and on your behalf, I was so flattered. I thought it was so cool that these complete strangers on the other side of the planet were playing your music, and I thought it was so cool to hear different interpretations. Mm -hmm. They had this very fast vibrato mm -hmm. it sounded like it was from a hundred years ago which gave it a whole different kind of spin yeah and there are all these different uh 
little mini solos that are taken out of time when we play it, mm -hmm. and it was taken out of time in a different way when they played it and everything. I uh, just think that's neat. We're kind of nearing the end. Is there anything you want to talk about? How about we could do the... Uh, Which composers do you enjoy listening yeah, to? I want that one. Let's do the uh, typical cliched questions you can always ask any kind of a musician. Who are your favorite composers? I like Wolfgang Reeves music. Oh, yeah. He is German. And Georgi Yuasa. Reims is Reims. modern composer? Yes. He's still alive now? Yes. He was born in 1952. Okay. And George Iwasa. Who's that? George, George Iwasa. Iwasa? He is a Japanese composer. Named George? George. Georgi. The Japanese word. Georgi. Georgi. He was a professor of UCSD. San Diego. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. Is he still teaching there? No, he is teaching in Japan now. Huh? He's 80... 85. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. What about old composers? I love Beethoven. I think you could probably able to kind of guess those like in a heavy sounding, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. structure. Oh, sure. uh -huh. Oh, Sanson. Say son? Sanson, yeah. Berlioz. And Berlioz. That those heavy, you know, sounding. Okay, well, first of all, thank you so much. Thank you for Thank you for writing The Sound of New York. It's yeah. a wonderful addition to the repertoire for bassoon quartets mm -hmm. and for all chamber music. Uh, we're going to be playing it as often as possible, so pay attention to boulderbassoons.com for upcoming performances. Uh, and if you want to hear it and you haven't, uh, it's available on From the Opposite Shore, the first Boulder Bassoon Quartet CD. To wrap this up, let's listen to a clip from The Sound of New York. Let's listen to some of Rika's favorite movements, Ambulance sirens and car horns. <laughs> 